With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, one of the films hitting screens this week in Australia is a fascinating documentary called Chicken People, and it's a great look at the world of showing chickens. And today we thought we would get the director of that documentary, Nicole Lucas-Hames, on the phone to talk all about this wonderful documentary. Welcome to the program, Nicole. Thank you so much, David. Um, thrilled that the film is playing in Australia, and thank you for thinking of me. Not a problem. Now, Nicole, this world of showing chickens, how did you first discover this world, and when did you decide that you wanted to make a film about it? Uh, I know. It's, it's, cr- it's a crazy world, and I was show- um, sharing a photo book of beautiful chickens with my son, who was then 11, and there was a fad at his school which is in Santa Monica which is California which is fairly urban and the kids were all running around going chicken 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 and laughing their heads off so I bought him this book and I saw a tiny mention uh, that there's such a thing as a show chicken I was like you have to be kidding me and a few months later I went up to uh, my first chicken show in Northern California, and I was sold. Okay. So, as a filmmaker, what about that world made you decide that you wanted to make a film about it? I know there's so many interesting people in there. Was that the reason that you decided this needed to be made into a documentary? Uh, um, y- yes. The, the Well, several reasons. One, the world had not seen anything like this, like gigantic rooms with cages upon cages upon cages of chickens. And then they were incredibly beautiful. And the people were incredibly nice, but also very serious about their, about the competition. And (laughs) the intensity of the competition over chickens uh, is really what hooked me. You look at some really fascinating breeders that live very different lives. One builds race engines, uh, one does show tunes, another is a mother. How did you go about finding those breeders and how did you decide which breeders that you wanted to feature in the documentary? Um, well, from soup to nuts, it probably took me five years to make the film. And there were, over that time, many iterations in who we chose. And when country music television came on board, um, together with them and my producers, we cast it yet again. And it was the third round of casting. And they wanted to cast uh, young. And I needed to also look for people who were willing to spend a year with the film team and me um, opening their lives. And 
we picked Brian Knox, who builds the race car engines, because of his um, obsession with genetics and the fact that he raises 1,500 chickens every single year. And Shari McCullough is so heartfelt, and she has 200... I forgot the number. I think 200 chickens, a couple of llamas, about 500 bunnies, five children. You know, she's a person who just loves life and also had a very emotional backstory about using chickens uh, and her obsession with the hobby as a way to confront some of her personal demons. Um, So I just was fascinated by her. And then Brian Carricker, who's a show, uh, to you know, he's a showman and he's a singer, and um, he lost his job coming to the very first uh, chicken show where we filmed him, and I knew that we had to see what was going to happen to his life because he picked chickens over. Um, his work. Yeah. As an outsider, what was it like for you going into that world? Was it a bit of a shock for you? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I've spent a lot of time in, in, um, in the heartland of America, which I imagine is much the same as Australia in the sense that people in the city are pretty sophisticated and in the countryside, people have a very different relationship with their animals. Um, and those, and that relationship ranges everything from livestock to pets. And in the chicken world, it's the same thing. It's mostly Heartland folks. And there's some people, for example, who will eat even their show chickens uh, when they're no longer um, valuable to them. And then, of course, there's people who see them as their pets and put diapers on them and bring them into the home. So, <laughs> so that was very uh, interesting to me, um, though I'm very comfortable and, you know, uh, welcome the earthiness and sort of the keeping it real nature of Heartland folk. What, it, what was really surprising to me was the obsession um, the breeders had uh, to make the perfect bird and to discover that there's actually a Bible uh, called the Standard of Perfection that describes birds down to their most minute detail uh, on what makes a perfect bird. Yeah, that part of the documentary actually really, really fascinated me. Were you actually able to hunt down a copy of that Bible and go through it yourself? And what kind of things does it talk about? (laughs) Yes, um, we did hunt it down, and we hunted down even some of the very earliest versions, which were from the late 1800s and the early 1900s. And they talk about the most arcane details like the shape of a feather 
and if and and how that feather needs to curve a certain way, or that the tail ha- in some breeds has to be at 45 degrees, but in other birds it needs to be at 25 degrees. Like these, <laughs> that the way the feathering has the if it's a silver laced bird, for example, how the lacing needs to work in a very specific way um, in its design. It it, it was astonishing to me and that the breeders understood this genetics and knew how to create the you know these features it was unbelievable like legs should be yellow not white but in some breeds it's okay if they're white it just went on and on and on yeah nicole you said that you worked on this movie for five years what was the most challenging aspect of making chicken people I think the the in the middle of the film, uh, the avian flu uh, hit America, and m- many states uh, shut down entirely. Shut down uh, the show circuit and and the transportation of chickens and wouldn't allow people to even move chickens off their farms. And I thought that was going to be the end of the movie. Um, And um, we had to find our main chicken show closed down, and so we had to find another venue and one that our competitors, that was still open and one within range for our competitors to attend, um, which we did. Um, so that was very challenging, and I think the second thing was just trying to convince people to make the, you know, to back the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so eccentric. Yep. How do you go about that? A lot of the young filmmakers that listen to this show would probably wonder, how do you sell a movie, uh, sell a documentary about uh, showing chickens? Well, the the response that I kept getting over and over was that it was either going to be absolutely horrible and dead in the water or it would be an out-of-the-box hit. And so in my case, the film was very was execution-dependent. And um, so... I had a sizzle, I made a sizzle reel uh, from one chicken show, and that was a tool to really demonstrate the kind of humor and approach I would use. And that's what I would tell young filmmakers, that it's very, it's key to be able to find a visual way to communicate um, tone and style um, to prospective buyers. Um, because there's a thousand ways, as you know, to tell a story. Yeah, yeah. Now, Nicole, I guess the other big question that a lot of young filmmakers will ask, when you're on a story like this for five years, how do you decide at the end of that what footage goes into the documentary and what stays on the cutting room floor? Well, in my case, I wasn't shooting for five years. It took about three and a half years to sell it. And then once we... Uh, we're working with uh, Country Music TV, who was 
fantastic partners, we shot for a year, and there still was a lot of material on the cutting room floor. But in our case, um, the challenge as a filmmaker is to find those bits that are the truest one can in terms of conveying who your characters are um, and having to be fearless about it. Yeah. Um, and using that as a yardstick for picking your best material and then building uh, to that. Now, Nicole, of course, one of the big rules in Hollywood is never work with animals. What is it like working and trying to film <laughs> chickens? <laughs> well, we have, as you know, these incredible beauty shots of the chickens. And we planned and planned and planned. We thought it would be so hard. And we took a lot of time to make a very special enclosure of soft black fabric to shoot the chickens because we didn't want to damage anybody's precious birds because if you break the feather of a bird, you have ruined someone's dream. It's that serious. And it turned out all of that work was for naught because once we put the chickens in the box, the hot lights made them sleepy. <laughs> so the challenge wasn't getting worrying about them flying away. The challenge became the opposite, having to keep them awake. So I had the job of prodding them <laughs> in between takes to keep them up. <laughs> Oh, Nicole, we are, we are almost out of time, but i just got one final question before we let you go. What would you like Australian audiences to know about chicken people before they head into this documentary? Um, that it's perfectly fine to laugh and come and have a good time and bring your children and enjoy. And that... that it's a very loving and uplifting, intentionally loving and uplifting view of an, ex, an eccentric and obsessive hobby. Well, there you go, listeners. You can head <laughs> out and see Chicken People this Thursday in cinemas. And uh, it's showing at selected cinemas right across Australia. So make sure you go out and check out Chicken People. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on our show today. It's been a pleasure talking thank to you. you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And you're a wonderful interviewer and uh, and a kind person. And thank you so much. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.